We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my beautiful, beautiful friends. Thanks for being here with us for a little while during your day. I'm quite honored. You know, I always say if you're breathing, you are an aspect of spirit. You're an important, vital, and incredibly valuable part of creation. I think many people's biggest problem is that they're not aware of this and don't accept this as their personal truth. I also say there are two ways to live from the mind or from the heart, either victim or empowered from the outside in or the inside out. Today, I'm very excited to be having yet another conversation about how we can take personal responsibility to make the world a better place, step into our authentic power and access the wisdom and profound potential in the very center of ourselves. My guest today, Colleen Morrow, says there are simple practices that can support all of us in our spiritual progress. But because our world is in such a deep crisis, our survival now requires that we go even deeper within to access ever higher sources of wisdom and of guidance. Colleen is a well-known founder and former chief editor of Intuition Magazine which for over a decade informed a national audience about the emerging field of intuition development. Today, we're going to be talking about her new book, Spiritual Telepathy, Ancient Techniques to Access the Wisdom of Your Soul. Colleen builds upon her legacy by introducing a more advanced form of intuition perception that she calls spiritual telepathy. Colleen clearly provides mind-training practices that allows the readers to access the wisdom of their own souls and make contact with the universal mind. So, Colleen, thank you for being here on another show of Journey to Center. Thank you for having me. So, Colleen, I want to ask you, just right off the bat, contacting our own soul, what are some of the advantages and benefits from doing this? Well, as we mentioned in the last show, Contacting the soul allows us to understand our higher purpose. It also changes our lives in very subtle but very profound ways. In these meditations uh, that we talked about, creative meditation or Raja Yoga meditation, at the end of the meditation, we ask that soul light be poured down over our physical, emotional, and mental bodies. And what I found is that daily practice, it really starts to raise your vibration, starts to open your heart. I was surprised that I had a sense of my soul very early on when I started these practices. I've always thought that that was something for um, people more evolved than I am or, you know, I had to move into an ashram or I had to, med- you know, be able to meditate two hours a day or whatever. But these, this type of meditation is very scientific. If you do X and Y long enough, you're going to experience Z. And so for me and for everybody that does this, you start to tap into those soul levels. And there's really a a kind of joy in that that you don't really find in the physical world. I found when I have meditated um, pretty consistently, I'm starting, I start to experience being happy for no real reason. Not like, oh, I got a call and this happened or I got a job and that happened. I'm just, I'm just, I, I think celebrating my connection with the universe, which I think is the best kind of happy of all. Absolutely. I've had that experience too. And in these last few years, it was a, a new experience for me. I'd be driving down the freeway, and all of a sudden, I would just feel my heart open. 
you know, and I would feel this joy that came from nowhere about, and that was really not about anything happening in my life. And it's just wonderful. And then I don't know if this is your experience. I always find this interesting myself. The more I meditate, the more synchronicity, the more, um, incredible beyond coincidental coincidences occur, the God winks, which just, that just brings me so much joy. It's like dancing with the divine. Do you have that experience as well? I do. I do. I think that we're more in the flow. And Mm -hmm. I have uh, an example of this. I have um, had some wonderful jobs in my life that were kind of long shots, you know, that a lot of people wanted that I, you know, got. And I always manifest things through a kind of like military... um, a campaign or something, you know, I, I figure out what I want to do and I write it all down and I do my reality creation and so on. And I just through sheer force of will make it happen. And that's how I was used to manifesting each thing that I, uh, that I really got each important thing in my life. And as I was finishing up this book, something happened that I got such a kick out of. I got the perfect opportunity and it just dropped right into my lap at the perfect moment. If I, if I would have been asked to do this before, I would have had to turn it down because I was too busy with the book, but it happened just as I was finishing. It's just mm-hmm. the perfect um, timing and the perfect opportunity. And I thought, wow, like, this has never happened before where I didn't really have to go after something. You know, I just somehow was in the flow and I got the, I attracted the right thing at the right time. Oh, I love that. Something I feel is when we meditate, when we align with our soul, when we um, expand in our consciousness like this, we actually kind of raise our vibration. Mm-hmm. Water finds its own level. And I think we become uh, attractive. That was what I got when we were meditating, when I was mm-hmm. meditating, like a magnet. I draw to me the things that the universe wants me to have with a lot less efforting. And right. it, it sure is a lot more fun. It sure is. Yeah, I love hearing you say that. That's so cool. So you say, this is a quote of yours, when we make contact with the soul, we take our first steps into the subtle world and cross the boundary from human to superhuman development. Yeah, what we're doing basically is um, taking our first steps into the subtle world. So Mm -hmm. we're going beyond the, the world of the human being into this wider world. We're like Christopher Columbus or Magellan or other explorers. We're just, instead of finding new lands in the physical world, we're, we're learning about a new world in the subtle levels. And so we're the ones who are sort of blazing this trail and creating this path that other people can follow. And so it's, a, it's really an evolutionary step that we're moving beyond the human to the superhuman. Well, and when you say that, what comes to mind for me is like, you know, so much of what we experience on planet Earth is duality. It's the light and dark, good and bad, hot and cold, etc. And, and I feel like as, as you talk about this, as you write about it, as I listen to you or, or read your words, it's about really um, transcending that duality and bringing heaven to earth, living from that more um, united state, that, that more ascended, like heaven on earth state. Is that accurate? Absolutely. Absolutely. And this, this uh, practice that we've discussed really is bringing heaven down to earth. Mm-hmm. We're bringing these subtle worlds, the spiritual worlds down to to our um, physical world. And this is what Jesus was talking about when he talked about the kingdom of God. We've been told that it's an after-death heaven where we go to hang out with Jesus if we've behaved ourselves. But what he was talking about really is a state of consciousness where we build that bridge to the world of the soul, which is the kingdom of God. On earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. I love it's that. A marriage made in the heaven, that, mm-hmm. um, that connection between heaven and earth. Yeah, because I do believe, I mean, certainly this, this planet can be hell. 
I mean, no doubt. We, I've experienced it. We can look around. We can watch the news if we want to do that. But we, it can also be heaven. And, and my intention and what I hear your intention is, is to bring more of heaven to earth here and now so we can experience that while we're on this side of the veil. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I love it. You also say that um, genius comes from our contact with the subtle world, from aligning with our soul. Can you explain a little bit about that? Sure. That's one of the most interesting things I found about this is that um, I went back. One of my all-time favorite books was written by Willis Harmon, who was the former president of the Institute of Noetic Sciences. And his book was called Higher Creativity. I think it was written in 1984. And I absolutely love that book. He looked at the biographies of many artists, writers, composers, scientists, and inventors and discovered that their greatest achievements came from an intuitive breakthrough. So when I started this book, I went back and read it again. And then I went and, and back and looked in his bibliography, and I started reading some of his original sources. And what I found when I looked at these sources and read the full text of the interviews was that many of the people we call geniuses talked about their creative process in exactly the way it's explained in the wisdom teachings, that it's through the soul that they had access to a universal flow of information and inspiration. One of the books was called Talks with Great Composers, and it was written in the late 1800s by Arthur Abel, who was an American violinist living in Europe. And he interviewed Puccini, Brahms, Strauss, Wagner, and other composers about the source of their creative genius. And I was really fascinated by the consistency of their experience. Each of them spoke in exactly the same way. The soul is a portal to a universal source of information. Once they were connected to the source, ideas and images simply flowed into their brains. And I put a lot of these stories into the book. And it became clear that... Genius is not a rare and random event. This is an experience that each of us can cultivate. And you can imagine what we could bring to the world, the beauty and the wisdom, if the soul unfolds you know, at a mass level, which I think is happening now, to change the I, world. Yeah, I, I totally do as well. I, I absolutely agree. I feel like there's a mass consciousness happening here, a mass awakening. And we're at this critical juncture. And you say that has, according to... Um, Wisdom teachings, this has been kind of predicted. We're kind of right on track. Is, mm-hmm. that, is that right? Exactly, exactly. That we're taking our first steps now. So we really are the crossover generation, as Barbara says, that we're the ones who are making this first step into the subtle world. Yeah, you, this is a quote that you had um, said, our next evolutionary breakthrough is not a change in form, but the emergence of a new type of human, the soul-aligned human being. When we align the lower self or personality with the higher self or soul, an evolutionary step is taken. We take our first steps out of the human kingdom and into the superhuman worlds. Jesus said that uh, we will do everything he does and more. And this is what he was talking about, that we'll develop into gods. He said, ye are gods, and we will develop into um, the kind of um, soul-aligned human being he was. He was really modeling that for us on earth. I say that all the time. You know, when I meditate, a lot of what he spoke of, his actual words drop into my awareness. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I haven't been a huge, you know, Bible reader, so I don't feel like I'm conjuring this up with my, my, my own mind mm-hmm. from my own mental realms. And um, when he says things like, um, go, you know, the, go for God and all things will be added unto thee, or these things and greater will you do. Mm-hmm. To me, we, we can become miracle workers not because we're forcing it or willing it, but because we're aligned with the universe and we're allowing it. 
Exactly. I think it's all about this bridge, building a bridge between the human and the superhuman, between the personality and the soul. That's exactly what he came to tell us. Yes, exactly. He's showing us what is possible Mm -hmm. by living this life of great love. Mm-hmm. And and to me, aligned with the universe, aligned with God, to me, it's, there's a far bigger love affair going on here than what um, many of us think they want. Oh, if I meet my soulmate, I'll be happy. It's like, oh, my goodness, there's such a, a, a bigger picture available to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I went back, actually, I'd never read the Bible before. I was grew up Catholic, and you just don't read the Bible. And me I read, too. <laughs> yeah, I read books on esoteric Christianity, and I was just knocked out by them. That, um, it, you know, it occurred to me early that, we don't really need to um, become Buddhists or Hindus or Sufis we, we, if we don't. You know, I always found that a little too foreign for me, and I was still longing for something that I wasn't getting from traditional Christianity, and I really found it in the esoteric books and esoteric practices that we have our own Western spiritual tradition, our own contemplative tradition. And once I read the, the esoteric books, then I went and I read the Bible, and I thought it was very fascinating because there were a lot of um, what's there at face value can be read at a deeper level. And at mm-hmm. one point I, I went and I flagged every reference he made to the kingdom of God because I grew up thinking that it's, like I said, the after death heaven. And he's saying very clearly, it's here now, you just don't see it. And the one prayer he asked us to use was the Lord's Prayer, which contains the words, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He was talking exactly about this marriage between heaven and earth. You're giving me goosebumps. I remember um, that from my Catholic days, and I still recite the Lord's Prayer. Mm -hmm. And I've found different versions of it when they've done the translation directly from um, the the original language into English rather than the the many translations. And it really is much more magical. Mm Mm-hmm which is very appealing from my perspective. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So you say it's possible for each and every one of us to build our bridge to the soul and register information from the higher worlds at will. That sounds appealing. It was appealing to me, too. When I read that, I got really excited, and I thought, I want to learn how to do this, and I want to tell other people. I want to kept do me, that. Like I said, it kept me studying for years, and it was not a great financial decision I made. But I decided, you know, it, I'm just going to do this and it'll work out somehow. And I still believe that it will. It sounds like it. it. sounds like you're on the right path and heading the right direction for sure. Yeah, I think so. So here's another great quote. When we build our bridge to the soul, we enlarge our horizons and expand our consciousness beyond the boundaries of the physical world. We become aware of a new kingdom in nature, the kingdom of the soul. We gain access to the higher realms and a new world opens up before us. Yeah. I want to take a deep breath as I read that. Yeah. And it's really all about building that bridge between heaven and earth. Yes. And meditation is key. Mm Mm-hmm. And I like something um, we had talked about earlier. It's like it doesn't have to be hours and hours long. And something is better than nothing. I mean, sometimes if I get up late, I don't have a lot of time. But I don't like to jump out of my bed without at least um, lining up consciously with my soul. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I just do that by counting grat- my gratitudes, my blessings, and then um, asking spirit to inform and advise me, give me clarity about my next steps. And then I try to get quiet and listen for a couple of minutes. And I really do think it sets the tone for the day. Because when I don't do that, I, I, I end up kind of going off the rails. It's not good. So I, I, I don't way, do yeah. it. I haven't done it for two years. I won't get out of bed without doing this. 
Yeah, it's sort of like, uh, I feel like I haven't brushed my teeth or something. You know, I didn't do something essential to start my day. It's so true. And Mm -hmm. it's a small thing, but it's a huge thing. Mm -hmm. Something else you talk about, and I'm so interested in this. I don't know if you can elaborate. You say the great turning we are experiencing is the transition from one astrological age to the next. Mm -hmm. Is this the age of Aquarius? What is this? We're moving into the age of Aquarius, and there's a lot of um, theories about when this actually starts from the mm-hmm. 60s, you know, to the year 2000, but astronomically, it starts in about 300 years, and we're moving from the age of Pisces, which is sort of the age of um, gurus and sort of uh, what you might call exoteric religion, where we have the outer form, and that's where Christianity is now. We have the, only the outer form, not the inner practices. So Christianity, as we know it now, is about scriptures and going to church and maybe tithing and doing a little bit of service. But when I started reading this, it really answered my question about why many of our prominent Christians are among the most um, intolerant and judgmental people. That when Jesus' message really was about forgiveness and about um, unconditional love and so on. And it occurred to me that those are really soul qualities, and those are really developed through the inner practices, which are not part of formal Christianity now. And so that's why people can be Bible scholars, and they can be preachers and so on, and they can still not really access the teachings of Jesus, and they don't live it in their, their lives. And so this is what's coming. The exoteric will give way to the esoteric, and we'll start to do those inner processes, and those, those practices will really change the world. Yeah, and I feel like that is the most important thing we can do, is mm-hmm. to take personal responsibility for our relationship with that something greater. Right. You know, I say all the time, I, I got this when I was meditating, so much of what I learn comes from within. We can live from ego, edging God out, or ego, ego, edging God out, or ego, inviting God only. Mm-hmm. And I want to live my life. That's the name of my show, Journey to Center. I want to manifest my life from the inside out. And I feel like you really do give people comprehensive tools to be able to do this for themselves. Because to me, this is the only way life really works. Right. I wanted this to be very step-by-step. Mm-hmm. And that's why I have so many practices here. Um, one of the things that was really important for me on this journey was um, it's called the refinement of our physical, emotional, and mental bodies. And this is really the first step. What I found when I sat down to meditate is I had a really hard time concentrating because I realized how much anger and resentment I was still carrying around. And when we really quiet ourselves down, any unresolved emotional trash starts to bubble up. Mm-hmm. And Jack Cornfield has talked about this a lot. He says that when he started to teach meditation, he noticed that at least half of his students couldn't master the basic concentration exercises because they were so full of all these unresolved emotional issues. And he's been a real pioneer in bringing Western psychotherapy into Eastern contemplative practices. And he's talked about his own journey, that it took him 10 years to heal heal the effects of his difficult childhood, but Mm -hmm. that it's really important that we do that so we can settle ourselves down. And I had a real journey with this, and I talked about this in the book, that um, when I sat down, I just couldn't do it. All I could think about was the people I was mad at. Even though I didn't think about that consciously, it would come up. You know, it just sort of wells up from your subconscious, anything that's not really resolved. Yes. And I had such a hard time with this that I decided I needed some help. 
I worked with a really wonderful spiritual healer named Stephen Lumiere, and his prescription, so to speak, for me was three meditations a day on loving kindness, forgiveness, and compassion. And I did those day after day after day, and I really saw a big shift. And so I included all these practices in the book because that's a, a, a necessary step that you have to be able to settle yourself down. We need to create a direct line of communication between the soul, the mind, and the brain. And if we can't quiet our minds and emotions, we have a mental or emotional static that makes it hard for the information to, to get in. And these refinement practices really are a part of all our spiritual traditions, and the methods vary, but the requirements are exactly the same. Purity of body, control of the emotions, and stability of mind. So I included the things that helped me the most. It, I think what you're saying is so vital. Yeah. Um, you know, I've studied spiritual psychology, and I think a big piece of the healing puzzle is really working with inner child mm -hmm. um, and something we'll talk about is healing happens when we bring love and compassion to the places inside that hurt. Yeah. So what you're speaking of really is bringing love and compassion to those emotions and maybe to those experiences that um, have been painful or traumatizing or created anguish or disillusionment for us. So that's very helpful. Mm -hmm. you, you can imagine the information is, is very subtle, you know, it kind of floats down to us. But if, you know, we're, we're steamed up about something, you know, if our mind's going a mile a minute, it's a barrier. Yes. Those subtle realms of experience don't hit the brain. It has to hit the brain for us to be able to consciously understand. It really is what I, when I hear you speaking, it really is about refining our energy. It's about becoming mm -hmm. more finely tuned in, more um, polished, if you will. We're becoming like diamonds. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I love how you um, teach and express and write. So Colleen, if somebody wants more of you, how can they find you? How can they get a copy of your book, Spiritual Telepathy? The book is sold on Amazon, and my web address is um, spiritualtelepathy.net. If people go to the website, they can read the introduction to the book. They can find back issues of Intuition Magazine, and there's direct links to Amazon as well. Perfect. So you, you talked about this a little bit. I wonder if there's anything else you can add to it. What are some of the side effects that we can expect by virtue of starting our meditation practice and ascending in our consciousness in a conscious way? Well, our biggest and most immediate um, side effect will be opening our heart. And that's really the first stage. And like I said, that's sort of the boundary between the visible and the um, invisible worlds. That's sort of the doorway to the higher worlds. And that's um, something that would change our lives. I find that I'm a lot more forgiving, a lot more tolerant. It's really made a huge difference in my relationships and just my day-to-day -day enjoyment of life. Yeah, I personally feel so much more um, relaxed. Like, you know, they say stress is, is the number one killer. Um, I feel like I really don't have any stress. If I, you know, I'm just living in this um, very trusting relationship with the universe. I know that I'm taken care of. I know that all is well and my intuition serves me. It's like, why wouldn't somebody do this? <laughs> <laughs> it takes discipline. And I talked about how hard that was for me in the book because I didn't want to get out of bed and start mind training. I had had to jump out of bed for years when I was running magazines. I was always on deadline. And I wanted to just enjoy my morning. I'm not a morning person. I don't wake up fast. And so I just went round and round about this. If I, I know if I force myself to do something I don't want to do, I'll rebel sooner or later. So I had to sort of make peace with both those needs and I found a way to do it. For me, I just take about 20 minutes when I first wake up to read the paper, 
just allows me to wake up slowly and then I meditate. So I, it's sort of a balance between your needs and your wants. And you have to find a way that works for you to, to be consistent because consistency is really everything. When you're building that bridge, it's very subtle and the energy dissipates when you stop for even a few days. And then you have to kind of start again to build it up. So day-to-day practice really is everything. I like what you're saying, too. It's like you're not saying we have to contort ourselves into mm-hmm. um, incredible discomfort, find a way that works for your particular makeup. Because, you know, we are all kind of unique. We are all, right. all different, you know. And, and I, I think there, we have to work with ourselves, you know, because I, I feel like that happens with diets, you know. And mm-hmm. if, you, if you try to make yourself do something that you hate for a long time, you're eventually going to rebel exactly. <laughs> energetically. So exactly. probably true with the meditation as well. I used to make these... Um, schedules up for myself when I was younger, you know, that I get up at a certain time, that I would meditate at a certain time and exercise at a certain time. And I do it for two weeks and then I would rebel and not do it at all. And I like to exercise, but I want to do it when I feel like doing it. And if I allow myself to do that, then I do do it every day. So you really have to work with yourself to see what you can do to make yourself consistent. Yeah, find a way that works for you, that you can live with. That's why diets don't work. It's about mm-hmm. a lifestyle that works. So I think right. that's true with this as well. Yeah. Yeah, don't, don't force yourself. Find a way that you can live with it. Find a way mm-hmm. that works for you. Find a way that it's enjoyable. But yeah, consistency is key. Mm-hmm. And I figure when this book went out to the world, it would touch the people that need it. Because sure. there's so many people who have this longing in their soul to be of service, to really make this, this contact with the soul, and to do their life purpose. And I see that happening. People are responding to it in a very enthusiastic way, and it's just what I wanted. And it's really worth the 10 years of my life that I put into it. Well, I personally want to extend a heartfelt um, thank you and appreciation for your book. I think it's amazing, and I think anybody who reads it is going to get value from it. So thank thank you you for doing that. And to my listeners, thank you, thank you, thank you. I read that that's two of the most powerful words we can ever utter, especially if you're opening your heart at the same time. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of Journey to Center and Power Radio. It wouldn't be as much fun without you. So happy to be connecting with you. Find me on Facebook, Twitter. Write to me, TammyBPhD at gmail.com or my website. I want to hear from you. Relationship is what this is all about. So thank you for being part of my life. God bless you. I love you. Onward and upward. Bye for now.